At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Here we go. Football 24-7 with John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel, all presented by Stateside Vodka. I am fired up, John Mack. I am fired up for this 4 p.m. kick uh, on Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders. We're coming out of exactly where we were supposed to be or expected to be, two and four after the first six. And now the beatable Raiders, the beatable Lions, and the rest of the NFC uh, sitting on the horizon. I still feel good despite all the smoke that's out there everywhere. Wow. I wasn't prepared for this kind of energy. I got to catch up, Krause. I, I, yeah, I, you know, I, I am a little surprised at how people have turned this, um, you know, as I've said, you know, losses to San Francisco at Dallas, Kansas city, Tampa Bay, pretty much expected. Uh, You get a opening day win in Atlanta. Uh, You get a, a hard fought comeback win in Carolina. Um, and now you have what, you know, a lot of the advanced people, advanced analytics people say is the easiest schedule in the NFL the rest of the way. You know, starting at Las Vegas this week, which is, by the way, one of the tougher games remaining on the schedule. Um, there's hope from that perspective. But I think how they got to two and four, not that they are two and four, but how they got to two and four. Mm-hmm disappoint some people but i i i look they were in the game with tampa bay they shouldn't have been a lot of that has to do with bruce arians to be honest uh more than what the eagles did and they had a chance to make a play at the end of the game perhaps get the ball back for the offense and go down and win the game that's pretty good um kansas city Obviously, the defense wasn't great against uh, what is the most explosive offense, uh, but they scored a decent amount of points. Same thing in Dallas. The problem was a lot of those points were garbage time points, I think, and and people factor into that. And then San Francisco, I think, is the one game where you look at and say, I don't know what they were trying to accomplish, number one. Well, I do know what they were trying to accomplish. San Francisco was down two starting corners. They were trying to take advantage of it. But I think they got a little bit too haughty after that week one win in Atlanta and thought maybe the quarterback was more than he was at that particular point. Uh, They tried to throw the football down the field. They went away from what worked against Atlanta. And it was probably the one game where you say they they probably didn't come in with the best plan. Other other losses, they just got out talented. They're not ready to compete at that level with those teams yet. John, let's stay on the defense for uh, a moment and get your 
tail of the tape on Jonathan Gannon and <clears throat> on the defensive side of the football. I, I was fascinated yesterday by your call it top to bottom comparison of the Eagle skill players uh, versus the Cowboy skill players in one, two or three minute part of our conversation uh, yesterday. Tail of the tape, Eagles defense, bending a lot, uh, getting pressure by Javon Hargrave. Um, what do you make of it six games in? Um, I I think it's been uh, I think it's been okay for look they if if you want to boil it down to the number over six games they they're the eleventh ranked defense in the NFL uh, by traditional reporting eleven to thirty two is not bad um, they don't give up explosive plays. Um, and that's the goal. Um, for me, they don't play enough. They play too much zone coverage, but that's just um, a personal. Um, it, it's not fun to watch. Let's put it that way. Uh, but when you have um, issues, especially at the linebacker position, you got to try to uh, uh, overcome them, and you try to got to you you try to have to develop a plan to to make that as least as, as, as a handicap as possible. Um, they haven't made plays. If you look at Dallas, Dallas has a similar plan. Dallas uh, gives up a lot of yards, gives up a lot of points, but they've been making plays specifically with Trayvon Diggs. So occasionally they turn the football over. And when you're scoring 35 points a game, all it takes is a stop here, a stop there, and all of a sudden you win football games. Um, the Eagles are are trying a similar plan. They're not getting as many turnovers, obviously, um, and they don't have the offense to overcome it. So if you give up 30 points, you're not going to score 35. Um, you know, when they have turned the football over, it's worked very well but when you're the beauty of this schedule as i've said you know patrick mahomes is gone he's in the rear view mirror tom brady's gone he's in the rear view mirror so the thought process behind make a team go 13 14 plays and 80 yards 75 yards might not work against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes, but it might work against Derek Carr and Jared Goff. And that that's sort of the plan. Um, and it should work, to be honest. If you eliminate big plays against those teams, you probably have a better chance to win than against Tampa Bay and Kansas City. I know that there has been, because we've talked about it, on, right here on football 24-7, there's been conversation about Fletcher Cox. Uh, there's been conversation about Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, I think, has deflected some criticism um, in his defense of Ryan Kerrigan, for example, and how he's playing 
in this, I don't know, I'm afraid to call it a scheme, but in this system or this scheme or whatever he's doing, what do you make of that? Um, you know, I talked about this a little bit with Jody this morning on, on Birds 365 when Jeff Kerr was filling in for me. And I, you know, I think, you know, this is more of an example of a young defensive coordinator screwing up the messaging more than anything else. In other words, yeah, that's one of the most difficult parts of these jobs. Nick Sirianni has gone through this as well how you phrase the information, how you import the information to the fan base. As soon as I heard him say Ryan Kerrigan's productive, I knew that was it. I knew that was it. That's the only thing people were going to take from that. And they were going to scream to the microphone and say, one tackle, six games. How does this idiot think Ryan Kerrigan is productive? They don't listen to the context that followed. Um Ryan Kerrigan is not what he was in the Washington football team when he was the best, one of the best pass rushers of his generation. He's a role player here. He's being asked to do different things. What Gannon was saying is he's doing his job and what he's asked to do. A lot of times he's playing five technique. A lot of times he's playing four eye technique. Um, and he's just asked to occupy block blockers so other people can go be the playmaker. At one time, he was the playmaker in Washington. He's 33 years old. That's not what he's being asked to do here. So what Jonathan was saying was, as the fourth man in the rotation at defensive end, he's doing his job. You know, but all anybody's going to hear is productive, and they're expecting – I don't know what they're expecting. I don't know if they were expecting multiple sacks, what he was in Washington when he was 25. But Nick Sirianni's had this trouble as well, how they phrase things. And JG got in this problem with no scheme. You're still talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. What he meant is he doesn't want to be pigeonholed into being a cover two guy, a cover three guy, an aggression guy a blitz guy, you know, he's going to play different against Tom Brady than he is against Derek Carr. He's going to play different against Derek Carr than uh, Jared Goff. Uh, if you look ahead uh, to the Detroit game, that's what he means. Um, well, what do you see, John? I mean, you're the expert. Well, I'm, that's, not. I'm just, that... I'm just a facilitator here. What, what do you see? I was one. That was super excited when they signed the veteran in the offseason just because, and I guess, admittedly, because of all of the big games that Kerrigan yeah, had. Eagles killer. Yeah, it was an Eagles so. killer. So I was so excited. I didn't know what he had left in the tank, but I was definitely, I definitely was excited about him and the ability for him to come in and quote, unquote, air quotes, make some plays on defense. Now, maybe he is. What do you see? Um, no, he's not making plays. And that's why I said he's not being asked to make plays. I'm looking what he's played 35% um, of the defensive snaps. Um, so let's just use that as the baseline. That's mm -hmm. a career low, obviously. 
it's only he used to play early in his career 99%, 95%, 95% of the snaps in Washington, uh, as an example, when he was an impact player, always on the field. Uh, eight and a half sacks, eight and a half sacks, 13 and a half sacks when he's playing that much. So, number one, he doesn't play that much. Number two, he's playing even more than they had. Um, projected because of Brandon Graham's injury. So that 35% is even higher than it was supposed to be. Um, so he's not playing, number one, all that much. Number two, he's not playing the same position. Now, he, the Ryan Kerrigan that you're thinking of um, is Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett. That's, that's who has that role in this defense. So a, I think you have a misguided uh, expectation uh, because of what he once was. And I always joke, look, God bless fans, but they think everything is a stasis. And once you're a star, you're always a star. And this league moves quickly. You might be a star. And when you're 33, guess what? You're not Mm -hmm. a star. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's where you are with Brian Kerrigan. Uh, but he's not been effective. Um, he's not played well. Um, that's the part I think he criticized Jonathan Gannon on. But as a whole, like I mean, you're talking about the fourth defensive end or what should be the fourth defensive end. I think that's you know, you're 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 in the forest and you can't see the trees at that point. Because Ryan Kerrigan doesn't have a lot to do with this defense. And he wasn't projected to have a lot to do with this defense. Football 24-7, getting it straight with John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We'll remind everybody that we're presented by Stateside Vodka. Go to statesidevodka.com, as you can see on the scroll. Use the promo code JACOB. Get 15% off of a one-liter bottle if you're in Pennsylvania. They'll deliver it. Right to your door, stateside vodka. So many of our viewers and our subscribers are using Jacob to get 15% off. And we thank you very much uh, for doing that. We encourage you to continue to support Philly's own stateside vodka. We're here with NFL insider John McMullen. It's our Wednesday update back to practice after the mini bye week. The team is back. The players were back. What happened today, John? Um, Full practice, full gear, full everything today? Yeah, the big practice of the week, uh, Wednesday. And uh, Lane Johnson would be the biggest news. Back at practice in a limited fashion, but um, he was out there at right tackle. So if everything goes well, um, I would expect – Lane Johnson to be the starting right tackle, Jordan Mailata uh, to be the starting left tackle, and uh, Andre Dillard heading back to the bench. So that, to me, was the uh, biggest news of the day, and that Lane is getting very, very close. Uh, the, the Eagles also started the 21-day practice windows for Tyree Jackson and Kayvon Wallace. Uh, So they're getting closer to returning from injured reserve. And Tyree was looking 
uh, binds. So, you know, there's a potential that he might even be activated uh, because Dallas Goddard remains on the COVID-19 list. So obviously he's been not, uh, not been able to be cleared. Uh, and other than that, pretty healthy. Um, Anthony Harris was the only player who missed practice, uh, has injuries to both of his hands, which is interesting. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Um, Derek Barnett was limited, uh, Jason Kelsey, but that's just uh, rest for a veteran player. Long snapper Rick Lobato has a bit of a hamstring issue, but he'll be fine. Um, so I think Lane's going to be out there um, on Sunday, unless, of course, something else happens and mm-hmm. he's been dealing. But right now he's back, he's practicing. Um, I think the Eagles expect him to be. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Out there. You know, uh, coming in <clears throat> into the game this week <clears throat> off of last week, I would think, I guess, of <clears throat> the body of work from Jalen Hurts, I would think that the Thursday night game was his worst <clears throat> of the six. Would you agree with that? Hmm, that's a good question. You kind of go, certainly, um, boy, you know, um, he did not play well against Carolina either. They just made a couple plays late. And really, if you think about it, they had the block punts. uh, They had the big field goal. uh, It's a big special teams, big defense. The defense was great in that game. Uh, so that's two games in a row. I don't think he's played well. Obviously, San Francisco, which is the game statistically, probably he was the worst in. And, boy, it's been a run, man. I, I got to be honest. Um, look, San Francisco and Dallas, the numbers are fine. I'm just looking at them right here. But a lot of that was after the game was decided. And anybody who watches modern football knows they shouldn't, but teams with leads tend to play differently when they have the lead in the fourth quarter, especially a big lead. And you start to go into a lot of uh, what fans would call prevent, whether it's, you know, uh, cover three, uh, cover two, um, where you're allowing chunks of yardage underneath to try to drain the clock. 
I don't agree with it. I don't think uh, in this environment you can do that any longer. But, man, coaches keep doing it all mm-hmm. over the league. I I think those are hollow numbers. Uh, they were blown out by Dallas. Uh, they were blown out by by uh, Kansas City. Um, really, they they should have been blown out by Tampa mm. Bay. It's been ugly, and that's why I talk about um, two and four not being that bad when you look at the schedule. But it's the way you got <laughs> to that two and four, and to me, it's more the offense than the defense or the special teams. Special teams, it's been fine. They've had issues with everybody has issues. The 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 returns have not been good. The decision making, but overall, they've been that group is that group as a whole. Uh, you're talking about core coverage teams, the punter, the kicker. They've been okay. The defense, 11th in the NFL. You could work with that, especially with the linebackers, the corners. I think have been great, to be honest, for what they've been asked to do. The defensive line is fine as a whole. Uh, maybe not as dominant as you would have hoped, uh, but certainly solid. Um, I can live with that. Can't live with the offense. And w- the worst part of that is you hired an offensive head coach and obviously you have a young quarterback. So not to mention people pay more attention to the offense just in general, mm-hmm. has it hasn't been good? Hasn't been good at all. You know the one thing that I thought was good, and this is going to sound strange, but let me say the only reason I thought it was good, or one of the the main reason, is because under your coaching and your analysis leading up to the game on Thursday night, going up against that run defense, the Eagles were not and should not expect or even attempt to have any sort of success running the football. And yet, in some for some reason, I thought they had some success running the football. Now, I don't know what the numbers were in terms of, hey, they ran it 20 times or whatever the final breakdown of it was, but Miles got some carries. Um, I believe they got a couple of rushing touchdowns, and that was the unexpected out of that game on Thursday. Does that mean anything going forward? I don't know if it does or it doesn't, but to me, that was a small positive. Well, and and that's where I go back to um, a little bit of of Bruce Arians taking the foot off the gas. Um, So how meaningful is that? Um, They couldn't run the football when they got behind. Um, They only ran it when they were behind. And Bruce Arians, you know, Super Bowl winning coach, but he made some mistakes late in that game to let the Eagles back in it not the least of which was uh, going for it when he probably should have punted, which is rare in today's world. Mm-hmm. But um, And they ran the football a little bit late when uh, Tampa Bay was expecting them to throw it because they were behind. Um, again, all, all statistics are not created equally. 
So when you've already lost the game to Dallas and you start putting up numbers, I don't value those numbers as much as when the game was being decided. Same thing with San Francisco. Same thing with Tampa Bay. This has been a theme. They get beat. They get beat badly. And they make, a look, make it look a little bit better in the fourth quarter. Does mm. it make you feel better? I don't know. I don't know. Doesn't make me feel better. <laughs> and you know, I always like to feel good, at least going, <laughs> at least going into the game. Johnny Derek Carr is who they will see um, uh, this Sunday. Uh, he put together a great game last week. Yeah, Derek Carr is one of those guys. He's a good quarterback, and 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 I would say he's you know top half in the league. But I would say he's in that you know sixteen to to 13, 14 in that mm. range. It's um, not a great quarterback, but in the modern NFL, it's easy to throw the ball. It's easy to pass the ball and he can put up some pretty significant numbers. And you've seen that. And, um, you know, it's interesting because the Raiders, um, you know, Josh Jacobs is a big name running back. They have Peyton Barber. They have Kenyon Drake. They're supposed to have this good running game. They haven't run the football effectively uh, really much at all. So it's mainly been Derek Carr uh, to Darren Waller, who's one of the best tight ends, certainly uh, flex tight ends. Uh, Henry Ruggs, who um, Alabama guy, former Jalen Hurts teammate, one of the uh, fastest receivers in the league, averages 22 yards a catch. Hunter Renfro. People might remember him from Clemson. He's that classic slot receiver. Uh, so they've been a pass-first team. Um, and and they haven't – I think the most disappointing part for them is they haven't gotten the running game going. <clears throat> um, you know, I think, I think the Raiders handled uh, what happened to them and obviously John Gruden getting forced out uh, very well, uh, to say the least. Um, you know, handling uh, Denver uh, pretty well last week. So you kind of wonder, was that just, you know, okay, we're going to show people that we're not going to fall apart under difficult circumstances, and maybe they start feeling uh, the effects of, of what happened to their organization and their team. I think maybe uh, you take that into some hope uh, if you're an Eagles fan, um, that's a really difficult circumstance. You know, Rick Passaccia is not supposed to be a head coach in this league. He's a head coach in this league. So good luck with that. Um, and then, you know, my buddy Ed Kratz brought this up today, and I didn't think about it. And he's probably right in that, you know, this team, maybe maybe it's good for them to go on the road. At this point, mm-hmm. remember, they've only won twice this year, both times on the road at Atlanta, at Carolina. Fans are not feeling that great. They were booing them against Tampa Bay. Maybe maybe going away is what this team needs right now. Uh, a little bit less pressure on them. Um, I, I think it's a winnable game, though. Um, 
But, you know, I, I guarantee you this, the Las Vegas Raiders look at this game and think it's a really winnable game as well. Football 24-7 with NFL insider John McMullen across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Back with our Wednesday updates. Team went back to work. The one big practice before the game. The one full practice. Uh, back to work. And, of course, Lane Johnson, part of that big news, uh, at least working at right tackle and our fingers crossed for a great guy and a good guy. Um, and we hope to see Lane back in, uh, back in there uh, on Sunday. Johnny Mack, before I let you go, what's the one thing that needs to happen on Sunday that will put this team in a position to win? What is the one thing? Hmm. I think we need more consistency throwing the football from the quarterback. I, I, and, and by that, I mean not the bubble screens, not, not the slip screens, uh, not the easy passes. Um, if there's a window down the field, we need more consistency from the quarterback. You, you can't leave plays like that on the field. Um, and it's got to start. We're, we're game seven, week seven, um, more consistency throwing the football. I know everyone's obsessed with the running game. I need to see the quarterback be consistent throwing the football down the field, more consistent. Do you think the head coach will adjust? and maybe create more opportunity in the middle of the field. Well, yeah, I've talked about that a lot. You got to, you can't completely shut down uh, one part of the field. Um, so it's kind of why have, has that happened? Six out of 208 throws uh, in between the hash marks. Why? Um, I do not believe, and I've said this, I do not believe, Six different opposing defenses decided, hey, we're going to take away what the Eagles never do. I think on its face, that is laughable. So I I, I put that explanation off to the side. Um, so what is the reason? Are the Eagles trying to protect Jalen Hurts, or is Jalen Hurts simply not uh, – uh, uh, does not want to throw the football in the middle of the field because he doesn't have confidence in that accuracy. Uh, and if you throw the football in the middle of the field and you're not accurate, it's going to get intercepted. Um, so it just might be him staying away from those throws as well. Um, it's got to improve. It's got to evolve. Um, and I think it's part, it's, it's, you know, I know it's a cop out, but it's, yeah, it's part coach, it's part um, quarterback. And, you know, if you think about that one throw, Zach Ertz, um, wide open, just completely airmailed to him, probably mm -hmm. five, you know, and Zach's not a, a short guy. Um, those are the kind of throws I'm talking about. You can't miss those throws in the NFL. Um, there's a there's a play that worked. It was schemed up. Zach Ertz was open. 
and you just missed it. So, you know, people saying he's not scheming open receivers, the head coach, it's not necessarily the case. And that's why I say more consistency throwing the football downfield. Good stuff from John McMullen. Of course, Johnny Mac in Las Vegas uh, this week. Uh, on Sunday, we'll see him on the live post-game show with Derek Gunn, Mark Farzetta, and Devin Caney. John McMullen reporting from that beautiful new stadium, Johnny Mac. Excited to see that. I think the, I think the um, accommodations for the media will be impressive. Yeah, I'm hoping so. You know, these new stadiums, we, obviously, we, we've been kind of lucky. We went to Atlanta, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, Obviously, Dallas AT and T Stadium. Um, it, it, it's it's a big difference the new stadiums versus, and I hesitate to say old stadiums, but you know Bank of America uh, of America Stadium in in Charlotte. It doesn't match up. Lincoln Financial Field doesn't match up to these new amazing. stadiums. It's 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 amazing how quickly uh, stadiums like that, which were brilliant for about 10 years and then all of a sudden and that los angeles stadium whew, that thing have you seen that thing whew, incredible the magnitude of the money john is it's just amazing the popularity of this league if you think about it, you build a five billion dollar stadium for yeah one preseason game, maybe two, eight regular season games. If you have the playoffs, if you're lucky enough, 12 dates maximum, $5 billion. That's the power of the NFL. On that note, that'll do it for this edition of Football 24-7. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. On behalf of yours truly, John McMullen. I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.